Here's the real truth. There are eight million people in this city. And those teeming masses exist for the sole purpose of lifting the few exceptional people onto their shoulders. You, me. We're exceptional. I could squash you like a bug right now. But I'm offering you a choice. Join me. Imagine what we could accomplish together. What we could create. Welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And I. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> back. Would you believe it still makes me smile every time you say that? <laughs> Which <laughs> the one? Intro. Oh, the intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's still like. It's so like. To this day, I'm just like, don't laugh. Don't laugh. <laughs> it's, it, it's so, I don't know, like. I mean, you you see you see me like before I like say it and we, record, yeah. we start recording. I'm like, this doesn't get any easier. Like, <laughs> I say the same words it's every every so episode, great. and I still am like, yeah. I hope I say it right. Yeah, you <laughs> nail it every time. Right. You got it every time, buddy. Oh, uh, so good. So yeah, welcome to another episode of A Stark Contrast. So. If you joined us for our mini Marvel number four, uh, you might have heard that uh, Jeff and I are embarking on a new frontier in that this is the very first time that we're going back to back on episodes uh, due to uh, scheduling conflicts. So <laughs> just if, life <laughs> we're life in general. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're at this point, we've finished the mini Marvel. We're starting on this new episode. Episode number 25. And yeah, you know, we covered most of our uh, recent topics in the mini Marvel. So um, for the latest, please go back and listen to that. And mm-hmm. uh, we promise we'll we'll catch up with everything else in the next episode. But um, today's yeah. episode in carried Is this the first... I was going to say, I feel like it's the very first true, quote unquote, true villain, villain. that we'll actually be covering because Venom. Sure. Ah. Anti-hero, <laughs> yeah. maybe, depending who you're talking to. Yeah, because that was, <laughs> there was very much a, a, a duo kind of character study because the symbiote it's, is its own standalone in so yeah. many ways. And, sure. and Eddie Brock is another thing entirely. Um, so yeah, I think this is the very first. This is first. the very yeah, the official first villain. Yeah, which is kind of nice because I'm like, ooh, I get to make a cool graphic for the little villain like yeah. for once. Um, so that's gonna be awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, all things considered, we can just jump into it. We, yeah, you ready to go? Oh yeah. I mean, all th- and also this is a Spider-Man character. So oh yeah, we are. <laughs> We're this so is capable. like. <laughs> oh, I was so this. I mean, this is the. It was because of No Way Home where yeah. I was like, we got to now. We have to do like, he, he deserved one already before. Yeah. But I was like, oh, we yeah. got, we have to cover him now. Yeah, exactly. So as always, we're not experts. We don't claim to be. We're just a couple of fans, nerds, nerding out. Comments, questions, send them in. But today's character, as we've, we've alluded to, is none other than the one and only Green Goblin, 
Norman Osborn. Oh yeah, the goat. The goat. Oh, oh man. man. So this is this is a, an incredibly polarizing character, and also like you know like depiction of this character um, uh, that we'll obviously get into in the next you know God knows how many minutes. Yeah. Um, but you know, first things first. Who Cre- is he? Who is he? <laughs> what, what is he? Why is he? <laughs> Um, so created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko as, as was, uh, many of the Spider-Man characters from this era. Um, but as you noted, Jeff, like right from the get go, I have a redacted note at the top of this document of mine, mm. <laughs> which mm. is a pop quiz. Bro, we're so- not even into like, we, we, we haven't even got into what he first <laughs> appeared in the issue. Exactly. <laughs> and you're already hitting me with a oh, pop yeah. quiz I on a back to back. Gotta do it because <laughs> because speaking of of our similar friend Venom and Eddie Brock, chicken and the egg, which came first? Oh, damn! Oh no, these ones. <laughs> Pop quiz. Oh, who came first? Oh, Norman or Norman Gobby. Osborn or the Green Goblin? Wow! Can you have a villain with no backstory? Like, can you like that's an interesting thought right you know what i'm saying like yeah like i'm trying to think of like from like a like a writer's a creator's like point of view it's like it's like do i have do i have a character it's like oh it's, let's say spider-man obviously spider-man needs a villain right um like is it like is it good like does it have to be a human first mm-hmm. who who goes down this road that turns him into that villain or right. is it straight up like this guy in a green suit showed up and mm-hmm. he has um, super, super power, um, like invincible powers, enhanced strength type of thing. Right. And then it's like, they're like, oh, who is this mystery character? And you right. unwind, unwind, unwind. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's, 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 it's a Norman Osborn, Peter's best friend's dad. Right. Which, oh, damn, which actually works like both ways. <laughs> I don't know, I think about yeah, I know. it. As you, as you were as talking you, it yeah, out, yeah, I was like, yeah, like who, yeah, is this, who is this mystery, like green right. goblin, quote unquote. A green menace. You know, and then you. Yeah. Wow. Tough now. Huh? I thought it was easy. And then as, <laughs> as, I, as I unwrapped, yeah. as I unwrapped the character, I was like, Huh, I don't Actually, know. Like, yeah. was it Norman first? And then eventually as issues came came, came about, mm-hmm. they were like, like, ooh, like, he develops this because of Oscar. He's what was your original thought? My original thought? Yeah. I, of course, wanted to say Norman first. Oh, uh-huh. Just because I feel like the that relationship of Harry and Peter yeah. was always there. Yeah. Um, whoa. But maybe that was, maybe it was just them at first, and then, like, Goblin came out of, you know... <laughs> And then it slowly <laughs> revealed that, ooh, ooh. wow. <laughs> this is why I can't do pop quizzes, man. <laughs> I overthink everything. Oh, I'm going to go, no hesitation, just say it. Final answer, um, Goblin came first. Well, Jeff, the answer is the Green Goblin. Yes! <laughs> You're starting out real strong. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so. Call that... Deduct, dedu- you, you did the, the power of deduction. Deduction. Right <laughs> so indeed, in this uh, in this instance, the Green Goblin actually appeared before no- Norman Osborn, and this is the part that's going to fascinate you a little bit because the Green Goblin made his first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man number fourteen. So this is essentially year two of Spider-Man in the books, July nineteen sixty four. Okay. 
whereas Norman Osborn didn't appear until Amazing Spider-Man number 37. Oh my gosh. Year 3-4? Yeah. In June 1966. So two years two later? Two years later, the Green Goblin is floating around in the, at- in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man atmosphere. Terrorizing. Before we even get a whiff of Norman Osborn and wow. his bad cologne. Crazy. Wow. Crazy, right? <laughs> so um, the highest grade of Amazing Spider-Man number 14 on eBay right about now at a 9.2, which is pretty damn good. That's like a, wow. that's yeah, like yeah. a very fine, mm, I don't know, no, near mint, I guess maybe yeah, kind of. Yeah, because 10 is the highest, right? Right. I mean, something's at 9.2. Right. Yeah. Signed by Stan is currently going for $32,000. Oh, my. I wonder just who has these near mint condition. (laughs) Dude, and who had the foresight to be like, this is going to be something someday. Yeah, in the 60s and or maybe 70s, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? But, you know, you also have to think like, uh, you know, going down history lane at this point. A publisher like DC has been established so much longer. That's right. I forget DC has been around just as long. Yeah. So you have collectors that are already getting into the groove of, you know, like, oh, these are going to be worth something or they are worth something. I'm going to get ahead of the game, which is what it's like not unsimilar to what people do now. Like I'm a person who will grab number ones no matter what it is. And then sometimes it goes somewhere, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And then first appearances for new characters and such is the same thing. And and so if you happen to be a kid or a collector in 1964 and you managed to get that book for 10, 20 cents at the time. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Inflation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the highest grade is currently going for 32,000 and then Lucy Goosies are about eight grand. So those are the ones that aren't like graded. They're just, just like in a plastic, like how, how many of mine eight are. Eight grand still? Eight grand still at a 7.5. So that's even very fine. So if it's a near, near minty, maybe about 10, 10, 10, 15. That's crazy. Yeah. So about a third. Um, and then for uh, the first uh, appearance of Norman Osborn, he's not as much. <laughs> Green Goblin is obviously, you know, Ah, not more important, but more relevant significant, or significant yeah. is the word. Um, Norman Osborn's first appearance goes for about at a nine point at a nine point zero, uh, three grand. So I'll still, say, still pretty yeah, decent. I'll yeah, take anything that has grand <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say no. Yeah, right, exactly. So, do you recall your first exposure to this character? Oh, Was it once 100%, again? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. 2002 <laughs> baby <laughs> sam raimi yeah. spider-man i just imagine like you know like during all those the civil war like the giant gotham font two zero 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 and then it's just baby you looking at that screen oh, looking at green man. goblin for the first time i don't remember i don't know if i do I, I don't even know if i remember going to a theater to see it but i just remember sam raimi's trilogy just incredibly captivating yeah because how old were you back then <laughs> you were like laugh. seven years old right well, Six? I, was, I was 1994 uh, so eight 1990 oh my god eight years old you were in third grade <laughs> <laughs> second grade second grade second grade second so grade. did your parents used to did they bring you to films like this when i don't you know were little? my parents brought i think my 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 um my like my cousin mm. she went like and then my my my, my lola like yeah um <laughs> Uh, they would kind of, I would kind of be with them on the weekends. So mm-hmm. like my cousin would like take me, her and her like, um, 
obviously husband or boyfriend at the time they would like take me to movies and stuff on the weekend so yeah i don't know if i watched it in the theater where I, I, I was on dvd but i just remember seeing it yeah. and i was just like captivating amazing toby's amazing <laughs> and then yeah then you throw in norman's you know willem dafoe's version of of, Nor- of norman and green yeah. goblin and you're like yeah this guy's scary <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. that, that that ending death fight scene like was always the one that stuck with me the most mm. like that dialogue stuck yeah. with me the most very interesting yeah yeah and of course we'll get into that too um for me i think you know i was i kind of call myself a peculiar teen because like when people would be like when relatives would be like oh what do you want for your birthday or what do you want for christmas or something mm-hmm. i would always kind of be like oh i want this beethoven classical <laughs> cd set <laughs> like it's hey. 80 dollars. It's, it's 45 dollars. it's really expensive i want it you know yeah. um but this was also the time when like barnes and noble was getting bigger and bigger oh, and they were man. finally yeah. starting to to um carry comic books and books oh okay so for me i would i would get these gift cards and i would go buy like every Oscar Wilde Jane Austen book they had but then I would also go to the comic book aisle and then buy those like bound collections uh-huh. and so that's why Amazing Spider-Man the old stuff uh-huh. was had such uh such rooting with me and that's why i grew up with gwen stacy uh, okay. because i would buy these compilation books and so with that not only came great responsibility oh yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> um i i was very much immersed in the sinister six and and the classic rogues gallery for spider-man mm. which of course includes the green goblin yeah so he, i grew up with him very early on um in the in the mid 90s um but yeah so let's get into the contrast here's the uh i have three cards i thought i had more cards uh for the green goblin so i love that purple and green like dude it's so obviously it's very cartoony and animated but it's like it's so iconic with like the purple hood and everything and also you know i did note i mean this is a common thing in in you know color theory and also graphic design but purple and green are the colors that are complementary. So there uh, you'll often see these because the color combination is so appealing to the eye. Yeah. And it does present it does represent something um specific, but we'll get into that a little later with aesthetics. But I yeah. do have three cards. Um I seriously thought I had so many more of the green <laughs> goblin, but it seems like mm, it seems like they they kind of skipped over because there are different goblins. So I have a lot of goblin cards, but not Norman Osborn. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So I'm going to read, how about 1992 Marvel Masterpieces by Joe Jusko? The Green Goblin's insanity has possessed three men over the years. First Norman Osborn, the now deceased creator of the Goblin's costume and weaponry, then his son Harry, who has recently adopted the role again, and finally criminal psychiatrist Barton Hamilton. Mm. All have used the Goblin's ghoulish tricks for the same purpose, to try and destroy the amazing Spider-Man. All have failed. But the Goblin's criminal legacy lives on in the succession of criminals who have used his mad methods under the name The Hobgoblin. So right there, you got your taste of three goblins and then another kind of goblin, which is the hobgoblin. You're going to hear the word goblin a lot 
in this someone, episode. Someone, someone keep a, a goblin counter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of um, what you know about this character and how he's presented in pop culture is not far from his roots. Okay. Um, and I kind of want to do a, a segue and read the secondary card because this might be the one that resonates with you a little better. Okay. The Green Goblin's hatred of Spider-Man grows with their every encounter. Haunted by memories of abuse suffered from his father, the original Green Goblin, Harry Osborn, has abandoned his happy life to resume his father's role. So this is Harry. See? Oh, that's Harry as yeah. Green Goblin. Okay. So... Um, armed with the knowledge that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, he has vowed to destroy the man he blames for ruining his life. It's literally Spider-Man 2. Literally Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> and also just like, it's, again, even if I hadn't said the Harry part, that's the Green Goblin. So how does, is, is the Green Goblin in the comics, did he get, like, does he have, like, powers is there a serum yes okay which we'll definitely get okay, into okay 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 i was like, I was like <laughs> yeah and 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 again i kind of mentioned it before um off mic that this the similarities between the comic book version of this character to the cinematic version are so strangely accurate really <laughs> yeah. okay cool like they really That's good to know they really didn't deviate um like there are nuances and reasoning and logistics that they changed sure i would say the only thing that was significantly different is obviously the costume yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but yeah we'll get into the aesthetics later yeah (laughs) so let's start it off with the comic book version norman virgil osborne nice phd of course (laughs) he studied chemistry and electrical engineering in college um, plus a number of courses in business administration, all at ESU, which mm-hmm. is Empire State University, oh gosh, which wow. is eventually, <laughs> yeah, eventually Harry and Peter and Gwen's alma mater. Yeah. Um, so they basically all go to the same school, <laughs> um, just at different times in uh, different you know moments in time. Um, and so while at ESU, Norman proved to be really intelligent. So he was obviously an above average student. But he was also kind of one that didn't necessarily want to do the work. Necessarily. I can relate. <laughs> so he didn't School-wise, to, for sure. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to yeah. work. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's almost like he was so intelligent that he wanted to figure out a way to not have to do the work. Sure. And he succeeded. So yeah. I just didn't want to do work. <laughs> I just was not intelligent. I know. <laughs> That's I'm how like, lazy oh, I was. Man, if I had just applied myself a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell myself all the time, my like, man, maybe if I read just a little bit more. But nah. I'm like, <laughs> I made the dean's list, but like two quarters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. But, but so like Norman would do these things like he would, he didn't want to study for a test, but he knew he could ace the test yeah, if he had just sure. done it. But instead of doing that, he would do things like create like technology that Create would things, help him yes. cheat sure <laughs> this seems a little weird yeah. like it's like the nice. effort it's the like, effort is misplaced it's like it's the same destination just a different way yeah to get like there. super <laughs> different way of uh, the, the journey is definitely different and so um he he did this to the point where even one of his friends was just like they had to rat him out and so um his friend get this name okay ned tobolowski tobolowski ned Ned. Yeah. 
Not the same Ned. Yeah. But, but a Ned. But, but why does that name sound? Have we talked about, have we brought up that name before on the show? No, I don't think so. Toblow. That sounds so to- familiar. Toblowski. Okay. Oh, maybe I did. I don't, I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little crossed with Ned Leeds, but yeah, no, no. So, so Ned basically rats Norman out and he nearly gets expelled because of that. Okay. Which is like, for him, he's like, whatever. I don't care. Smart. I'm smart. <laughs> yeah. Like he's too smart. Um, and yeah, he almost gets expelled. And but, um, you know, during his college days, he ended up befriending one of the professors. Okay. Um, this man named Doctor Connors. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wonder what Connors was doing around this time. I don't quite remember um, college years, but uh, this man named Mendel, Professor Mendelstrom, um, who we'll talk about more a little later. So okay. in the MCU, <laughs> I love that I can say that now, <laughs> uh, Norman Osborn is portrayed by Willem Dafoe, and he first the made goat. his appearance yeah, in the uh, Raimi trilogy, 2002 to 2007. So that is 20 years this year of Spider-Man in film. Oh my God, film. yes. Holy crap. Not counting Spider-Man, sure, the yeah. Japanese, and the 70s ones, but... In modern cinema. 20 years! That's so insane. And 20 years since we've seen this character on screen. And then just now seeing him two, two three months later. I, know, I was going to say, I was like, Willem's only played this character twice on series. Isn't that wild? See, and I was <laughs> and I was contending with myself during after the Gwen Stacy episode that we did. I was thinking, like, during Spider-Man 2 or 3, when Harry was going through the motions... But Norman was in those you flashbacks, heard his voice. right? Only? Um, maybe in oh, in, I thought in, he was in, in the reflection. mirror. He was yeah, in reflection. Yes. okay. He was in reflection. Okay, so so he did have a cameo sure. three times. Yeah. Okay, but he was still yeah. Anyway, he was incredible for somebody who's only portrayed him so much. Um, yeah. And of course, directed by Sam Raimi, with stories written by David Kep, Alvin Sargent, Alfred Goh, Miles Miller, Michael Chabon, Yvonne Raimi, and Sam Raimi, and then reprising his role in Spider-Man No Way Home, directed by John Watts, written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. Um, and so I'm going to... This is not a quiz. Yeah. But do you... Oh, <laughs> this would actually entail you watching Amazing Spider-Man. Do you recall that there is, in fact, a Norman Osborn in the Amazing Spider-Man films? Oh, God. <laughs> this is like... It's like the... Tri- that's like the two movies i don't remember <laughs> i know well in your defense and this is something i thought of after the gwen stacy episode again is that there was a character at the end of amazing spider-man 2 when um the characters are on what appears to be the raft or in jail if you will uh-huh. and there's a shadowy figure walking along and going by each um cell uh, and he has a hat on and he goes into the cell and he plucks off his hat and he says something like, I don't know what he says. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. But there was never um, clarification of who that character was. There mm, never was. Of course. Right? <laughs> exactly. Of course. And then we never got it because yes. there was never a third film. Yeah. And so, albeit briefly and uncredited, actor Chris Cooper was actually cast as Norman Osborn. That was Norman Osborn kind of coming back from his death state, 
So he, like, uh, yeah. So that whole went down. The whole thing went down. But no, he is actually emerging from the shadows, and here he is again to wreak havoc with Sinister Six. Sinister, yeah, and it Sinister. just never happened. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, directed by Mark Webb, with stories written by Alex Kurtzman, Roberta Orchi, Jeff Pinkner, and James Vanderbilt. Um. So when it gets to Osborne himself, um, I wanted to read what wikipedia had down for the character before we get into the rest of the stuff because it's pretty much nails it um and it's exactly what we have heard many times before and kind of how we might even describe norman osborne ourselves yeah in that he's a scientist and the ceo of oscorp who tests an unstable strength enhancer on himself and develops a crazed alternate personality using oscorp equipment he later becomes the costume villain um the media dubs his alter ego the green goblin and then Norman develops animosity for Spider-Man after the hero refuses to join him, makes consa- constant attempts to get back at the superhero. Ironically, he quickly takes a liking to Peter and sees himself as a father figure for the boy while ignoring his own son, Harry. And I'm pretty sure I wrote the second paragraph, so that's not Wikipedia. That's, that's me. Uh, <laughs> it's literally Spider-Man 1, though. Spider-Man 1, right, exactly. And, you and know, that's... I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love how many people like it, it, did he not say that in No Way Home as well, right? Yeah, and I love that how many people reacted to it. There's a lot of callbacks. Like, there's, there's 19 years between those films. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um so that's that's quite honestly what the embodiment of Norman Osborn in the comic books is as well. Um that he is this this powerful businessman who has the son who he is hoping to cultivate into a power man like himself, a power broker, if you will, like himself. Um, But instead, you know, and it's the same thing, and we'll get into a little later, like with the Green Goblin and seeing how formidable Spider-Man is and wanting to join and become this ultimate power together, ultimately getting refusal because he's a superhero and he's a supervillain. Yeah. It just makes him want him more. Yeah. You know what 100%, I mean? 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we're going to take it back a little bit and go back to the roots because, you know, like these cards mentioned, it's it's very much uh, kind of like, you know, it's that the whole thing of the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. And so with that, that saying is not only true between Norman and Harry, but also Norman and his father. So we're going to talk about Amberson Osborne. Um, and so you're going to hear some similarities here. <laughs> Let me tell you I right mean, now. Just, I'll, I'll call it out. I'll be like, that's Spider-Man 1. That's, that's, uh. Yeah. So Amberson, uh, Osborne was a businessman who claimed his parents, uh, his, his parents. Wow. Oh my gosh. You can tell we've done back to back episodes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, Amberson Osborne was a businessman who claimed his patent patents and his inventions were always stolen by others. So, um, interesting. <laughs> There's this joke from an old episode of I Love Lucy where, um, you know, like Fred is like, oh, yeah, you know, you just got to when you got an idea, you got to work, you know, got to make sure you you cement that it's yours. And then <laughs> Ethel says something like, yeah, he's never forgiven, forgiven Edison for making the light bulb. <laughs> so it's kind of like that where you're not sure you're not quite sure if Amberson is a legitimate 
inventor. Yeah. Because oh, so that guy took my idea, and that guy took my it's like, idea. It's like the premise of the Spider-Man PS4 game. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that you know, of course, that that kind of egotism and and that kind of um, boasting ultimately leads to his failure because you know mm-hmm. he he becomes so burdened and so obsessed with the fact that he is not the genius that he thinks he is that it just brings him down. Um, and so the failure leads to rage. The rage is then imposed upon Norman. And then this bred Norman to accept nothing but success and, and be well, to be wealthy, to, to gain power. Yeah. And so that becomes the persona for this child. And so it's, I, I mean, this is kind of like a story that you just see so often in pop culture. And I just like binge succession, for instance. Oh, nice. And so it's kind of like succession oh, okay. in many ways where, uh, what's the older kid's name? But the, the, the son... That the show oh. is primarily. You, okay. Do you watch it? No, no, I don't. Oh, you don't watch I know. it? Oh, I've been, shoot. Someone, I've been meaning to. Someone says yeah. that you need to start it, and I'm oh, like, you okay, did. yeah. It's really great. Yeah, it's really, really great. Um, but but the 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 middle son, let's say, is very very parallel to Norman Osborn in that he had this father. He has this father that's very much controlling, very much power hungry, uh, okay. and refuse almost refuses to give the children the business. He like won't die. <laughs> he just refuses oh, yeah. to die. He's like, yeah. And this son is so he you can tell he, wants he was it. bred to be like his father. Yeah. And then the father doesn't want him to be like him, but they're so alike because of that. Um, uh, okay. So that's kind of like the 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 reflection we see with Norman and Amberson is that he's he's trying not to be like his father, but by doing that, he's being exactly like his dad. Yeah. And so even Norman described his father as one to blame others for his failures. Um, And he would, you know, like in many of these cases, he took it out on Norman and his mother uh, in various forms of abuse. Um, So much, this is crazy, so much that Osborne killed the family dog. Norman killed the family dog, quoted saying it was one less mouth to feed. Jesus Christ, the dog? Right. How, yeah, try to depict that on a movie screen <laughs> exactly. and see what happens. Oh, yeah, I would never fly. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Uh-uh, no. That, that, yeah. That, that, that. John Wick. Mm. What's the other one? What's see the one with Will Smith? The movie with Will Smith. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, you guys killed the dog. Um, yeah, you just can't do that. And so, in and all honestly, in, in, in other, you know, uh, genres of film and, and, and whatnot, that basically constitutes a true, like a psychopath. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. What did they say? Like, there's like the terrible three or whatever. Yeah. That if they fall oh. out of a tree, <laughs> yeah, 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 they yeah. hit their or, head, or, or, or they kill, pee in the bed, yeah. or they kill animals. Yeah. Psychopath. It's not, nope. Yeah. So we've not yet seen, and I don't expect to see, an Amberson Osborne in the <laughs> MCU. But do you remember anything like mentioned? Like, was there? A, I almost want to be like, was there a painting over the mantle in the Osborne mansion of this guy? I mean, or I would anything that he ever mentioned. I feel like the most I would I would assume was mentioned was Norman, like. Like oh my father blah 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 because even and the, that was it yeah because I think the painting was Norman and Harry yeah even, maybe yeah so they just don't they don't I mean, and this is a recurring theme with with Osborne is that there's so many so many characters that that kind of came in to the comics to kind of forge this villain to become who he is at the end but we just never see them in the MCU form 
so it's kind of uh it's kind of interesting if you ask me um and so with that we have harry osborne who you know if you've watched any spider-man film you should be very familiar with harry yep <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean, sadly, he's just a character that's utterly destined to follow in his father's footsteps. And it's kind of like the curse of the Osborne kids. You know, they just, the father is like the father is like the father and it just keeps going, right? Where does it end? It's like it's like a typical, like, like a, like a son come in, in, into like a rich family. Like his yeah. dad is very well, mm-hmm. you know, well versed, yeah. well, you know, and then he's, and then the son just wants to be as good as their dad. Yeah. But they know they can never be their dad. Yeah. And so they just do anything that they can to impress to impress their dad. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, I think you got like glimpses of that at in the first Spider-Man trilogies yeah. and everything with Harry. And you're he's just like, oh, man, he just wants to impress his father. Yeah. Like anything, anything for the father's love. Like yeah. You can tell that it's it's kind of like he's struggled with like not wanting to hate his father but also he wants so desperately to be loved by his father yeah knowing that it's like futile like he's it's, like look i can do this but yeah. he's like and no not good enough yeah Bleh. and that that, <laughs> and that pain is so present you know with with both comic book and cinematic harry who of course in the in the mcu is portrayed by James Franco in the Raimi trilogy and then Dane DeHaan in the Amusing Spider-Man films directed by Mark Webb. And so these two are two very different depictions of Harry, but they have the same rooted issues. And, you know, it's just occurring to me kind of now, for instance, in that these two Harrys are kind of like how you might even compare the new Batman Right, like he's he's different. He's a more emotional sure. yeah, looking, yeah. 100%. or hundred percent, yeah. What some might some might uh, say is a more emotional yeah, version. Just a, diff- just a different take. Just a different take. Yeah, but yeah. still very at the base of himself, the same character, yeah. same damaged character. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and and of course, you know, we we do see both inevitably inevitably became the Green Goblin in their respective films. Yep. Did you have a favorite between the two, by the way? Uh, I mean, from what I remember about ASM yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were both kind of... Yeah. I remember, just, like, <laughs> they had, for, Amazing Sp- for Spider-Man 3, they had, when they released the soundtrack, Yeah. Um, the score, they, they tried to, like, upsell when CD sales actually meant something, they put lenticular like cards in front of every CD mm. and they had three different like covers. And one was like, I think it was Spider-Man and the black suited Spider-Man and then Green Goblin. And I was like, yay, I can't wait to get this. I hope I get Spider-Man. I don't care which one. And then I got the Green Goblin. <laughs> so I was really well, I, upset. I, just, I, also wanna, I think it's just also a testament to how great, Willem is as Green Goblin, right? So where like, like yeah, James Franco was you know, yeah, a great Harry Osborn, mm-hmm. <laughs> but his hair, uh, but his Green Goblin Junior. It wasn't like it was there, but yeah. it wasn't. It's just Will- Willem is just in in a in a division of yeah. his own, you know, like yeah. when it came to just like the maniacal part of it, right? And just the whole, just like I don't even like, I'm not doing this to you know, I'm just. Mm-hmm. I just 
It's like almost like Joker like. It's like I'm not doing this for money. I don't want. Yeah. I'm just doing this because like. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. And that's maniacal. Yeah. Like it's psychotic. Yeah. Because I feel like Harry, uh, at least the Green Goblin too, his um his presence was almost like a parody. It wasn't even an homage for his father. It was like a parody. Like he tr- once again is trying to be like his father. Yes. And it's just not clicking because it's yeah. not who he is. But then also with, 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 with Harry's Green Goblin, it was, he was, even when he was Green Goblin, he was still Harry. Because yeah. he obviously teamed up with Peter, mm-hmm. which is, you know, which makes for a great... Ah, that's right. Which makes for yeah. a great climax of the film. Because, yeah. you know, obviously, because Sandman and, 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 and Eddie Brock and Venom. Yeah. yeah, So, you know, it's cool. It's a two-on-two thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the story, it made sense. But for talking just strictly, like, Green Goblin. Yeah. Psychotic maniacs. It's all about Norman Osborn, right? It's, yeah. It's it's Willem. It's Norman. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. It's yeah. really tough to, like, yeah. To, to to put them on, yeah. on Willem's level. Exactly. And so, you know, I I don't know how much you know about this at all. So this is going to be kind of a surprise for you, Jeff, and, and maybe some of our listeners too. But would you believe that in Norman Osborn's family tree, it also contains a branch for Elizabeth Liz Allen? Huh. <laughs> interesting yeah on so, what connection right so liz allen portrayed by um sally livingstone in the raimi trilogy or at least the first raimi film she's the girl on the bus that's like don't even think about it parker <laughs> on the, oh wow that's supposed to be liz allen and then of course later portrayed by laura harrier laura in the harrier. john watts trilogy or at least the first film yeah um who is also adrian toombs's daughter aka the vulture so she was liz toombs what a twist Alan. by the way yeah Whew, didn't see that yeah coming. Re- legit did not <laughs> see that coming i was right, like yeah right. that's good right there <laughs> so so picture if you will james franco and the don't even think about it <laughs> girl or dane dehan not even Dane DeHaan. We don't have a Harry there Osborn. A, gonna, oh my I, gosh! I was gonna bring this up later. In the, Dane DeHaan and Laura Harrier, I guess. But yeah, what? Sorry. I was gonna. I was gonna. Bring, I was like, yeah, we don't have no, a Harry. There's no Harry. There's no. There is no Osborn. Yes. In the John Watts. That's and I so was, true. And I was gonna ask you. I yeah. was like, do you like that? Or, like, are you okay with that? Even though this is, I mean, the first trilogy, in the MCU, but there could be a second trilogy where that is potential maybe they'll go back to that storyline yeah. but like how do you feel about tom holland spider-man not having a i think that's okay because again you know not to reference gwen stacy too much but the gwen stacy episode we mentioned how they had this coffee bean crew of friends that always met up at the same spot they were always together they always had this kind of camaraderie no matter what they were all going through. Yeah. And I feel like John Watts so perfectly captured that essence in the trio that he has with Ned, Ned and MJ. MJ and Pete that they're not necessarily replacing Harry and Gwen, but they're really supplementing a version of them. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it bothered me at all too much because, like, honestly, I until you just asked i didn't really think about it 
I didn't feel like there was room to, let alone that I had to. Sure. Like, yeah. it's great to see Harry Osborn, but in the same token, we have seen two Harry Osborns. And so it's yeah. not, for me, for me, it's not a place where I'm like, I want to see him done, quote unquote, right. Yeah. Like it's not. I'm not that yeah. kind of fan. I'm just like, oh, you know that. You know, it's it's kind of nice to not have to wonder. Like you won't. You wonder where that character is, but you don't necessarily require him to be there. Yeah, and maybe it was like a career decision too for um, John Watts or just the writers yeah. of that trilogy. Like, I don't know if we want to do it again. It's already yeah. been done twice, right? Um, and the way Gwen Stacy is in Amazing Spider-Man was just really a good portrayal of Gwen Stacy. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? Let's try to move away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, but and then keep it MCU. Mm-hmm. And then now they're probably like, okay, well, this trilogy did pretty well. Yeah. And it's obviously the ending of the of the home series mm-hmm. for 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 Tom Holland. Yeah. It obviously ended. In a way that the story can definitely continue. It can be so much more broad if they yeah. want to. <laughs> yeah, especially. Yeah. I mean, I we, we I think I, um, I forgot what episode I said this in, um, but like this is like n- now Spider Man is Spider Man. Yeah. Like with that new homemade suit in his apartment, fighting crime through a police tracker. Which, which, which. By by the way, real quick, did you see that concept art by Ryan Minerding? <laughs> It's so good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I'm gonna buy that poster the second yeah. I see it. Oh, so it's he's like, so good. Anyway, like we said, like this, this is. I don't think this has also ever like happened yet. Is having a second trilogy. Yeah. Have a second trilogy with the same no. character. Mm-mm. Hasn't. And there's only one comic book character that could happen with, and it's Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true because like even with Cap, you know, like we're getting a Cap. A f- well, Thor. <sighs> Kind of. four, yes. Yeah, because I was going to say. Think, but there's not going to be two more after that. Yeah, no, no, there's no. I don't 100%. think so. 100%. No think so. way. No, and, no way. And even then, we're going to see Jane Foster. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I was going to say with Cap, it's, yeah, like Falcon is yeah. taking on the mantle now as Captain I might, America. I might be standing corrected in the next five years. <laughs> but, <laughs> Who knows? But, it, it, but when it comes to marketability yeah. and just universal, universally known character, Spider-Man is the easiest oh, person sure. to give a second trilogy yeah. and because Tom Holland is just so just so beloved as Peter Parker mm-hmm. and then now he's in this like people were talking crap on it they were just like mm-hmm. he's still in high school like, that's me give us <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like come on like, give me an adult Spider-Man he's just Iron Boy Jr. I see that really bothered me because I didn't <laughs> look at him now motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> look at him now <laughs> <laughs> he's his own man eye. fighting crime yeah exactly out of his I apartment love it <laughs> with his sewing machine skills hell yeah peter um yeah yeah i don't know i would love to see harry i would love to see his version of harry if need be like does he need a goblin i don't know but would i love to see it yes i would i mean there was those rumors of of ned yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I just don't see it I was just like, ah, I don't see it happening. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe, but it's also like, I, mean, ah. I don't know about that. Um, and also because, you know, um, not to stray too far off the, the central topic, but again, Spider-Man has such a huge rogues gallery. They can yeah. take him anywhere. Like, yeah. again, they've taken him to space. They've taken him to all these different places and countries. And now it's time to keep him home. And so instead, we're going to bring the villains to him. And what if 
more of those villains and 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 anti-heroes came through that portal and maybe strange messed up and maybe they're not I, all gone yeah, i mean there is a craven the hunter movie exactly. coming out soon exactly <laughs> and i mean i feel like they're still sony's still trying to push out the baby that is black and silver god i don't really want it but you know there's that there we might get black cat and silver sable Let's do Black Cat. Let's just do Team Black Cat. Black Cat baby. Let's just do pl- yeah. Let's 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 just bring <laughs> Felicia Hardy into the mix. We're, we're, we're good. But but as I was gonna say is that Liz Allen and Harry Osborn are married in the comic books, and so <laughs> the faces that Jeff makes during these comments are so good. It's interesting. It's interesting because yeah, like imagine these yeah, pairings, just, and I'm you're pu- just like, yeah, huh? Because I'm just putting the live action versions right together. Right, right, like, oh, right. Interesting. It's very interesting, and so yeah, you know, again, like Liz is is from their high school days, and so they they essentially grew up together. She was kind of dating Pete, and she was kind of dating Flash Thompson more so mm. off and on, and then eventually dates Harry, but they don't get serious until their adult lives, Got and it. so, um. By proxy, they have a child whose name is Normie Osborne. Normie. Normie. <laughs> and Normie's still a baby. Jesus he's kind Christ. of like, I want to say he's like, I don't know, maybe three or four now. Uh-huh. So yeah, so they, Norman Osborne, Storm and Norman has a, a grandson named Normie Osborne. And so if Harry's not careful, the Osborne curse may continue. Jeez. <laughs> How evil do I feel with a cat on my lip, <laughs> lap saying that? <laughs> um, now, if you if you were to say, does does Norman Osborne have friends? <laughs> I want to say no. <laughs> he doesn't really have friends, and is, so is Doc is Doctor Octavius. They're not friends anymore. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, like okay. even that, they're not okay. even friends anymore. They're right. associates at best. But you know, like we mentioned at the near the top of the show, Doctor Mendelstrom. So, um, I guess he's like the closest thing to a friend that Osborne must have had back in the day, but he was a professor at ESU. Um, his early research was, uh, um, on a chemical that would provide enhanced strength Mm. in its test subjects. So this, uh, (laughs) these experiments essentially drew Osborne, to kind of befriend the professor, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. And of course, he f- Osborne fucked around with the formula. And ultimately, eventually, the same formula would turn Osborne into the Green Goblin. Of course. Um, and so later in the comics, <laughs> basically, Mendel starts, Strom starts embezzling money from Oscorp because who ah. wouldn't? <laughs> and then he goes to prison. So it's a short-lived <laughs> association. Um, and then later on, he comes back, he reemerges, and he tries to kill Osborne. So you can tell Norman Osborne really surrounds himself with, like, himself with, like, people who really, I don't know. There's an energy about him. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, this is like, re- like the, the story you're telling me, like, the background, it's, remi- it's reminding me of the Spider-Man PS4 story. Yeah, it's very similar, right? Like, he's... Yeah, because doesn't he have a rat in the PS4 game, too? A rat? Yeah, like somebody who's like that works in the lab and um, maybe maybe well, he, well, stole, stole like, well, from well, him. It was like I was pertaining to the fact of like he's creating like this substance, this yeah. thing to like yeah. He wanted he wants to cure people, but it ends up being something that's like 
totally freaking dangerous. Right. And, you know, and obviously Norman in that game is, that's other media, we'll probably get more into it later, but that, there's, that Norman is not Green Goblin, yeah. but he's he's keeping Harry, mm-hmm. he's doing treatment on Harry right. that looks very like... <laughs> yeah. As if he's going to become the goblin at some yeah. point and maybe in the sequel. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for that sequel, but yeah. I got to say, that was a pretty good jump scare in the game, too. Like when he, when I think, was it Harry or something comes up to the glass and like hits oh, the it's glass? Oh, like, it's like, it looks like, it looks like symbiote-ish. It looks almost. like a symbiote, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. It's, it's very interesting. And he's, again, it's, it, it calls back to how Osborne has always been rooted in in science and in technology yeah and so so much so that in the books um he and professor strom they actually they, they formed you know not you know they obviously did the the chemistry together without love chemistry um they they created all these things but they also became business partners and um you know of course norman's the one that had the money so because yeah. he had the money and he put forth the financing he called it oscorp because of course of course yeah <laughs> but um do you remember there is an actual dr strom in the first raimi film dr strom y'all oh my god i'll tell you right now i have not watched spider-man one in at least 10 years at least so i i do remember him but I don't remember him so distinctly that this, the comic book version sounds like oh. him at all. And he isn't. They, he's quite different. Is he just like a teacher or something? He's just a scientist. He's like so, okay. a guy at Oscorp. Uh, um, is that the guy who died? Yes. Oh, the guy who died. It's like, the he guy. Was like, he yeah. was like Norman. He was like. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> <Not> just, okay. <laughs> yeah. So he was merely a scientist helped to further the gob- goblin serum. And then he got killed by Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> Norman? That's him. You remember ah. the, Yeah, the guy with the glasses, right? Yeah, oh, and yeah, the salt pain. And pepper that hair. was scary. That was That was pretty scary, actually. That, that yeah. transition from yeah. Norman to Goblin, yeah. you're like, whoa. Yeah, so good. I mean, he was chosen with reason, right? Yeah. And so, um, as I mentioned, you know, like they created Oscorp together in the in Sony versus MCU, not so much. It was all kind of Norman's baby. Yeah. Um, but it's noted as a multi-billion dollar multinational corporation. And so that brings us to our second pop quiz. Huh. How you feeling, buddy? I mean, <laughs> I'm such a Willem Dafoe stan. Like, I just want to <laughs> quote him for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can. Come on. Give us your best. <sighs> that sense of yours. Oh, it's something else. <laughs> Norman? Norman's on sabbatical, honey. <laughs> so good. I love Willem All Dafoe. the power in the world. <laughs> Too weak to take it. God. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it's so good. So good. <laughs> All right. So. Highlighting the 25 largest fictional companies, what did Forbes <laughs> rank Oscorp? Rank Oscorp <laughs> based on revenue income in 2007. There's an article on this? Yes. And I'll put it in the show notes so that everyone There's can like read it. There's a legit Forbes article. There is a le- legitimate, uh, legitimate Forbes article on the top, I think, 
Yeah, 25 largest fictional corporations. Like com- Can you give me another example of, an, of another? So, like, are we, are we talking like Wayne Industries yeah. type of thing? Wayne Industries, Luther uh, Industries. All of those, all of them are in here. But that it doesn't stop there. Like it's every bit of science fiction, fiction. Anybody and everybody is in here. If there's a corporation and it's fictional, it's in. It's it's on there. Oh my god! Yeah. So among the twenty-five, where does Oscorp sit? Wow. Based on income in two thousand seven. In two thousand seven. Very specific. So this article came out in two thousand seven. Two thousand seven is when Spider Man three came out. Yes. For some reason, I always want to go to like the part where Oscorp is doing horrible, like they're like they're they're, they're tanking mm. because of mm. Goblin. Because of Goblin, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 That's a good. And then I also then I then I also think of the PS4 game mm. where like you know Nor- yeah. Norman's on a political thing and yeah like this thing gets out a bad one bad article comes out one bad story comes out and yeah. it's like. Oscorp, it's like, oh, Oscorp's going down. I told you, he's a menace. <laughs> the Green Goblin, you're working with Spider-Man. They're both mask menaces. <laughs> Terrorizing the streets of New York. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson, once again. I knew you two were working together. Parker. <laughs> that's Parker, my, that's, where are you? <laughs> I have no idea. That's my contribution. <laughs> oh, um, 25. 2000. I want to say the latter half. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's break it down. He ain't top. T- Oscorp ain't top. Ain't top ten. Right. There have been. They're, they've had some bad PR. They're horrible at PR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really telling you. As to- Kate Bishop would say, they need to work on their brand. Yeah, they are horrible with PR. Yeah. Like they need to know how to keep this, keep things under wraps. Yeah. They, not. I would say not top fifth. Not top twelve. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. So we're going 13 to 25. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I don't know. I'm really leaning towards more of like minimum 18. That's minimum. Mo- min- yeah. Hmm. But I don't believe they're dead last. Okay. So there's a very small window. Yeah. I'm flexing between that. 17, 18. Okay. Ooh. I feel like 22 to 25 is... You know, like like they they struggle, bad horrible PR nightmares, <laughs> but they 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 have because they have so many different divisions, mm-hmm. they're able to stay afloat yeah. income revenue wise. Mm. This is me just being a freaking like diving <laughs> deep right now. Your Forbes hat is on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I want to go. Ooh, <laughs> it's gonna be like, they're gonna be like top twelve. I'm gonna be like, wow, I'm, <laughs> I suck. Uh, I want to say, let's go, let's go 17. 17. 17. Edge of 17. Okay. All right. Yeah. Final answer? Yeah. With 3.1 billion, Oscorp ranked number 23. Damn it! Oh my God. I gave them too much credit. I gave them too much credit. Yeah. Wow. Revenue income in 2007 was roughly 3.1 billion at 23. And I was so, like, and I know that's not a lot at that time, like, yeah. the, like for a company. But company, that's wild, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I, I, again, I'll link the full list in the show notes. But Chome from Dune ranked number one with 1.7 trillion. Oh. Interesting, right? Uh-huh. See, and that's what I mean is that it's not 
only comic book. It's not only Marvel. Dune? Every single corporation or fictional industry. I mean, I get it, yeah. Was put in it. And I was like, oh, okay, Dune. Yeah, what other? Makes sense. Yeah, no, it's like, like you mentioned, like there's Wayne Industries. There's all oh, yeah. these, every single corporation is in there. And it's kind of interesting because it's like, there's stuff in there that you're just like, what? <laughs> Who has said Dune on this list? But the figures, everything that they came, came up with, like kudos to this article, like, uh, journalist because there's a journalist financial person working <laughs> hard on this fictional right? article oh my gosh um especially for 2007 that's kind of wild so you didn't get that one but you got the first one it's still okay one uh, out of two you're doing 50 50 i mean i'm glad at least <laughs> my 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 process of deduction yeah it's working made total sense yeah some it made total great. sense yeah so when it comes to powers i mean Norman Osborn in him with himself he's he's kind of like a f- a force of nature right it's yeah. it's not all brute strength and and that sort he you know again he's kind smart. of smart he's very yeah. smart very intelligent scary smart kind yeah. of guy um but we'll talk about the green goblin in particular when it comes to powers um <laughs> oh god this is where we this is when we start getting down the dark rabbit hole of, okay. of things and and how and the hows and whys of of how certain things manifest within villains like this. And so when Osborne was a child, his his dad, the champion, his father, locked him alone in their mansion uh, during a thunderstorm. And so um, it was punishment. Um, he, he deemed it like he needed to, he, that Norman needed to kind of uh, harden and and not be so scared and, and timid um, by by the norm, um, and this is the point in which Osborne begins to manifest what we now know as the the persona that becomes the Green Goblin, and so like imagine a I don't know how many how many how many rooms does a mansion have? I mean a twenty Let's room go mansion. Twenty room mansion. Let's yeah. go twenty bedrooms. Yeah. Imagine a twenty bedroom mansion which is gigantic, dark, there are no lights, nothing, it's a thunderstorm, and this small child is locked in it, Yeah. left to his own, um, you know, his own whatever you want to call it, and he starts hearing that cackle. Oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and so uh, I just imagine it so theatrically, like, even though it's a comic book, but I imagine what they could have done with it, which does very much remind me of the kind of treatment that Sam Raimi I was gonna say, yeah, did I was gonna... in the first film, where it is thunder and it's Osborne in this dark yeah. mahogany And he's starting home. to, like, transition. Yeah. He's transitioning yeah. into this maniacal, diabolical alter ego um, that starts to take over. And, and so I feel like not only did they choose Sam Raimi to direct those films because he comes from a horror, horror background. background, but also because of things like this that come that are derived from the yeah. comic book lore. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, with the first Raimi film, that's almost synonymous to to that kind of backstory and with the goblin himself it's not unlike it like the comic book version he has a performance answer he develops dissociative identity disorder Mm. did um and so 
they they kind of refined that idea i think more in the cinematic scape because they wanted to give it a more realistic yeah version yeah um for lack of better wording but Mm -hmm. i thought that was pretty on point um and so um whereas in the comics gosh the process is is similar as much as it's different because it seems more drawn out in the comic books so after he gets strom put away for embezzling the money osborne begins to start working on this formula more and more and more to better it because he can do it better yeah because he's norman osborne and um that formula whereas you know the 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 cinematic one cinematic one was more of a performance enhancer quote-unquote right yeah in the comics it's more of like um it augmented human physique uh, to superhuman okay. levels yeah, yeah, yeah so you see the, the like a super soldier verbiage. serum in a way you know okay I mean, it, it's similar to that right like the, that's the the most easy way Comparison, to say it. yeah, yeah it's, a, it's the easiest way to say it um and so osborne worked to perfect that formula in the books and he fails he you know like any mad scientist fails and fails and fails and and he keeps insisting that he can do it better and um (laughs) he's he did he went so dirty with it that he even gave it to strom's assistant without his knowledge oh wow and the dude had a like terrible reaction to it he mutated into this like red blob thing and then he started killing people oh (laughs) it's like ah okay Okay. wrong way oops (laughs) try again (laughs) and so um uh and then harry this is the this is about the time when Harry's starting to catch on to what his father is doing and that his father isn't necessarily a sound man. And so um Harry kind of inserted himself into the situation and he tried to botch the formula. Oh, uh, okay. Um I don't know if he does that in the film. I'm trying to remember how the transition went. Right? From, I all I remember really remember was um Harry was having a conversation with like with with Norman like mm-hmm. like like a uh, in his head and then in the, he's in the mirror and that's when Norman's like avenge me <laughs> yeah. like no and he breaks the mirror breaks it. <laughs> and it reveals like you know the goblin stuff the laboratory but yeah I not the laboratory but the stuff yeah, yeah, yeah you're right like the stuff the secret like area yeah, room yeah. and I'm like did Harry like because that's where because that's where Toby and the goblin yeah they, they got into a fight that's yeah. so, that's why harry's face was like messed up at the end uh yeah but i'm like did was there a transition of like him becoming goblin in the sense of like him taking like that serum or anything i don't know Rem- I, don't, I don't remember i don't remember i re- all i mean maybe i'm making this up but i feel like he he's shown grabbing the serum and then that's the last you see of him, yes. and then he comes back yes. as Goblin, yeah. right? Yeah, he's like, he's like, ah. yeah. But he you never see him like, you never see go him actually, it, yeah. right? You never see him go through the motions. Um, and yeah, and so in the books, yeah, he he tried to botch the second batch, um, and that consequently rendered unstable, and it literally blew up in Osborne's face, and so Osborne goes to the hospital. He awakens. And he he kind of has the moment that Toby has in the first film where he wakes up and he's like, whoa, I feel different. And oh. he's starting to get the enhanced abilities. Yeah. Um, but the unfortunately, the chemical exposure did affect him mentally. And so that's when the instability starts to, s- starts to sure. sink in. Yeah. And that's when the Green Goblin 
um, persona really starts to shine. And so it's starting to officially draw a line in the sand of his brain that there are two people in there so crazy yeah yeah um and so yeah i would love to talk more about harry but again like he's he's one of those characters that we can obviously cover on his own and and probably will in due time and so as far as weapons are concerned what more is there to say other than the pumpkin bombs right bombs and And the glider it's kind of it it's all it is all right next topic (laughs) 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 and it's very similar um both ways and um you know, like they, they, it's best described in the cinematic scope that um, it was a weaponized Oscorp glider. So um, I guess like the Norman Osborn portrayed by Willem Dafoe is he's kind of coming from a military technician, scientific background. Yeah. Right? I think so. Whereas the comic book version is just very strictly scientific. Mm. And so um, he kind of fashioned that glider by his own means, by his own tech. And then in the films, it's like, oh, it was supposed to be a military grade weaponry. Uh, okay. And it was meant to be in the army, but then he was like, I'm going to take it. Yeah. And I'm this is for me now. <laughs> yeah. And so he, he takes it, he weaponizes it. And then the pumpkin shaped explosives. So I, th- I, it was, you know, for me, I, I never quite really thought about, like, really thought about it. Like, why, why is why it? Pumpkin, a, why yeah. pumpkin, right? Because I don't know. I don't immediately think, Goblin, pumpkin. I think like the the headless horseman and pumpkin. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Goblin and pumpkin. Yeah. No, not really. No, I, w- I wouldn't have a. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of this goblin that I think of pumpkin. Yeah. Right. Like, well, yeah. Well, that look <laughs> that look of the goblin. Yeah. For some reason, makes sense. It, I don't know where it comes from. But. <laughs> and and so I did a little digging. Okay. Into into why pumpkin. So more or less, of course. It's because they're following a Halloween theme. Mm. Okay, so he's wearing this facade because it is supposed to be a mask. Yeah. It's supposed to be a costume. Yeah. Um, and so he's following a Halloween theme, masquerading as a goblin, complete with jack-o'-lanterns. I'm like, oh, this must be a maybe something from the 60s that was more common of a thing, a concept. Yeah. But um, in reality, there are things called pumpkin bombs and pumpkin explosives oh so i'm figuring that that's kind of where the meeting point of military tech science dr osborne sure met with the common comic book version and in reality they're conventional high explosive bombs and ballistic simulators filled with comp b so it's an explosive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it, so apparently it was coined by a U.S. Navy Captain William S. Parsons and Dr. Charles C. Lauritsen of oh. the California Institute of Technology. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, the, the name pumpkin bomb was an old term used for the large ellipsoidal uh, shaped munition cas- casing. Uh-huh. So it looks like a pumpkin. And thus... They're called pumpkin bombs. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it also just fits with the aesthetic <laughs> of who the goblin fits. is. Maybe that. Maybe I know, right? We, like, we, 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 we have you have this like descriptive like deep dive that you went on, and we'll probably <laughs> ask like the creators or whatever, like, and oh, just be like, cool. "Yeah, she just went with the the look, <laughs> right? <It's> cool. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Well, all just, right. <laughs> okay. Cool. That works for me. Which is how most yeah. creative things happen. It's like you think right. you, you think there's this 
deeper meaning. Yeah. And it's like, no, I saw yeah. I look cool. I think, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and and so sometimes the the realistic the the comp B bombs were colored like pumpkins, so that they were camouflaged. And so I don't know, like, how do you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about? the versions we see in the films. I don't quite remember the ones in Amazing Spider-Man, but I think they tried to kind of rip off the ones that like Raimi made. Band. Yeah. Because they like, had the little, like, you push the button and you can hear the... Yeah. I almost <laughs> think it looks like, a, I mean, forgive me, like, for feel free to, like, correct me hard. It just looks like an, an unpeeled onion. <laughs> That's like, it's almost like in blooming onion status, <laughs> but like not fried because it has those ridges. Those are 2,400 calories a piece, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> like it looks like that because it, like like it has like these little ridges at the top where you can like, there's yeah. like slits and stuff. So it almost looks like more than like. You know what it looks like to me? What? One of those chocolate oranges that's not unwrapped yet. I would agree. <laughs> that too. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, like I think they're pretty cool. Like I remember like at first, when I first saw it, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm kind of upset that they're not actual pumpkins. pumpkins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they were, they were too tech. Like they were, they were too. <laughs> they were actual pumpkins right? though. <laughs> it could look cool. It could look super right. corny. Exactly. <laughs> like, like seeing them explode and then there's just like innards everywhere maybe, maybe, pumpkin may, seeds. maybe we wouldn't have taken like green goblin as seriously if he had, oh, if he, if he had actuals like yeah, is, this no, is this guy throwing pumpkins <laughs> yeah during a thanksgiving film yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spider-man is a thanksgiving film everybody forgot it do like not forget yeah thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah yeah right oh my god because didn't isn't it like i maybe this is just occurring to me didn't Pete fight? Oh, he fought a woman over I had to beat an cranberry old lady with a stick for cranberry sauce. Yeah, I was gonna say, wouldn't it be funny if he like fought her over like pumpkin filling or uh, something like that? <laughs> oh, that gosh. or stuffing, something Stuff, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was cranberry sauce. Yeah. Um, Hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving. That maybe they did that on purpose too. They didn't want to do it too Halloweeny, but they were like, Thanksgiving is kind of pumpkiny. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, it, it grew on me very quickly because yeah. I thought it it's was so, pretty cool. Yeah. The way they depicted it in like in the movie yeah. too, and like the details and everything, yeah. pressing it or yeah. yeah, and the detonation of it, and and you know, it's just so cool. And I hate I hate admiring the villain, but again, it's like the magic of 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 the Green Goblin and Norman you and know. Norman Osborn in particular really good, yeah. that just makes it so good and so believe it or not in the books Norman does take on an alter ego or an additional persona in which he is called the Red Goblin. Do you want to take any stabs at why this might be? I feel like I've heard of that too. A Red Goblin. I feel like I've seen that costume also. So yeah, red, what? This is just like a devil, like so this alter is, ego. This is a more modern uh, uh. concept. Um, so after acquiring the iconic symbiote, Osborne bonded with Carnage. Oh my God! <laughs> and then, and then, as if that wasn't enough. He then further injected himself with the goblin formula 
to become the Red Goblin. So he became as if he wasn't already. So he was powerful, goblin, but with like a carnage mind. But with a freaking symbiote. symbiote. So if you see him, he's like, it looks like carnage, but he's goblin shaped. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Whoa. I yeah. Gotta so a, I gotta see a pic of this. Yeah, he's funky. Um, let me pull one up. Red Goblin. Home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you see, he's got like fire breathing and he's kind of crazy oh yeah that he's looks got a crazy menacing. tail and you can you kind of get the idea this dude is like eight feet tall oh my god this looks he's menacing. so scary ah um but yeah it's it's a pretty sick version of him um when you know so gobby goes through these moments you know it's it's part of the amnesia of the character where he's he goes in and out of consciousness and remembers things that he didn't know and like or, or did know and then he forgot or or osborne took over again and goblin takes over and so they go back and forth and his, parts of his memory are are they he relapses yeah and so uh you know after he rediscovered as the red goblin that parker was also spider-man because keep in mind gobby is the first villain that ever knew and found out that Peter Parker Peter and Spider-Man Spider oh, okay. are the same person. And it's kind of funny. And I think I wrote it down further in my notes, but I'll just mention it now that he did exactly what every villain should do. And it's just, he followed him home. <laughs> <laughs> he followed him home. I mean, yeah. And he was like, Peter. Parker. <laughs> exactly. He was like, Peter Parker is Spider-Man? And then, like, that's it. He knows. We'll meet again, <laughs> Spider-Man! That's, like, my favorite. I love That's, how... like, one of my favorite scenes because he's, like, Dude. he's on, like, a hobbled glider but he's gliding through the, the Macy's Day Parade With the, or whatever like, it the, is. the sputtering yes. of the... How <laughs> you like, we'll meet again, Spider-Man! <laughs> And the inflection that his voice yeah, yeah, that so good. Oh my gosh. So 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 once you know as the red goblin once he rediscovers that Peter is Spider-Man, he he goes after as goblin does, he goes after the loved ones. And so he tries to once again kill all his friends and his family members aka aunt may and um Jeez. but thankfully you know because he's learned from his mistakes of the past spidey got friends to help him battle the red goblin and so this time he had miles morales this time he had cindy moon and and johnny storm to help him battle this dude finally took him down so while like they're they're battling it out it, it didn't. It, unfortunately, there was a there was a casualty, a major casualty in in the Amazing Spider-Man universe, and so Osborne himself um, kills Flash Thompson. Oof. Yeah. Dang. And then this is kind of the part where you know it's like kind of the superhero thing where oh, I'm gonna end this, and then Peter takes out Carnage. Oof. So they lost Flash Thompson, and then Carnage is no more. So it's like. Oh gosh! And at this point, Flash has kind of died a couple of times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Flash, but ah. I, yeah, this is ah. the, this is the nail in the coffin. So we have not seen the MCU counterpart of this. This is obviously, I mean, this is something else that they can do. 
because we have now seen Carnage and Carnage uh, is still in the universe because didn't... Wait, did you see Carnage? Yeah, you yeah, saw yeah. Carnage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because at the end of Carnage, once... Spoiler alert, once they take out Cletus Cassidy, um, isn't there a part of that symbiote still floating around? Like, Yeah, I don't know where it went. Because I'm like, am I getting it Oh, confused? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is, went right? on the... I don't know if it was like the the security guard dude. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's still floating around. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's still opportunity to do it. I don't know if they'll do it, uh, but yeah, you we'll know, we'll see. We'll see how the Sony Spideyverse yeah. goes. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, how about some aesthetic talk? Ooh. <laughs> yes. Um. So as Os, I broke this up into Osborne and Gobby because again, yeah. it's kind of like they're they're so distinct. You have to kind of talk about both. So as Osborne, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this in what you've seen of the character, but he has a very distinct hairstyle in the comic books, and it's like a rigid, rigidly drawn. It almost looks like it's trying to be cornrows but it's like wavy interesting and it's yeah i gotta show you because it's it's such a look and they've carried it throughout all the books like for as long as i can remember they've changed it up maybe once or twice but here check this out so they Uh, always have this very distinct hairstyle and widow's peak and a widow's peak and the hairline, yeah, it's like, yeah. and it gives them a somewhat goblin-like demeanor, if you will. Sure, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I couldn't tell you why they do that. They just did it. It was just kind of a thing. It, <laughs> it was kind of a Steve Ditko and John Romita thing. Um, and you know, of course, he's a super duper token businessman, businessman. He's got a three-piece suit. He's got the tie, and he's always well dressed. Um, very much like uh, you know, Willem Dafoe portrays him in in those films, and same with Harry. Harry is very cufflinks, and you know they always look proper um, and rich. <laughs> um, fun fact: Do you know the thing ab- about Dafoe and um, his teeth? Oh no, I don't. So, um, <laughs> and I remember this because it was so jarring just because I was familiar enough with Willem Dafoe yeah. at the time. But as Norman Osborn, he's wearing fake teeth, uh-huh. prosthetic, perfectly pristine yeah, white teeth. teeth per- yeah. And the first time that we actually see Willem Dafoe's teeth as they are in real life is when he has the confrontation with himself in the mirror and that classic goblin face comes out. And he does that sneer that like slowly grows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first time we actually see Willem Dafoe's real teeth in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, but it was an interesting way f- also for them to kind of like break apart. Like he is no longer this facade of a businessman. Yeah. He, this he is, is who he is. Yeah. The goblin. Um, and then, of course, uh, the aesthetics are more interesting for a goblin. Um, in the comics, you know, like on the, the, the trading cards here, very classic goblin look. He's wearing gloves and he's got this, you know, I don't know what you would call it, tunic sort of it's thing like going on. garb. Yeah. Gri- yeah. And the little elf hat thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got a, a side a cross body bag at yeah. all times with the, with the pumpkin bombs in him. If anything, um, he's a hype beast. He got the cross body <laughs> bag. He got purple going. He's... <laughs> He has a fit going on, for sure. Does he got some sick kicks? (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Um, And yeah, so, you know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, 
he's got a mask and a helmet. So there are iterations of this where it's a goblin mask. It's a goblin helmet. But other iterations of the goblin have physically transformed um, Osborne's face that he becomes, he literally becomes that goblin. Mm. And so it's no longer just a prosthetic or something he bought at a Halloween store. Um, But yeah, he originally wore a mask to complete the demented look. And then on the other side of the spectrum with the cinematic universe, you know, like I mentioned before, he weaponized an army suit that's which right. is what we see yeah. in the, the first Raimi films. And um, in No Way Home, I thought, oh, man, when I first saw what he came out with, because I don't know if I don't think we've actually even talked about this. But what I loved about Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin in No Way Home is that, sure, you see that there's that familiar suit. He's wearing the, familiar, the green one. Yeah. The first the one, the first one first yeah, comes yeah. in. He's wearing the classic look. Yeah. But once he destroys the helmet, once he runs off trying to find himself or sure. find what he's familiar with, and he's now wearing that torn hoodie, that is reminiscent of the comic book version because uh. it's tattered and it looks like... Um, I don't know if I have a good picture of it, but yeah, it's supposed to be like a, it's like a tattered version of this. Yeah. 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 Um, like, yeah. Like, and you have parts of the like green. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a dark mauve purple. Yeah. And then you could see the peaks of green coming through. Yeah. Yeah. And his mask was off. So it was and his, his mask head. was off and it was, but yeah. it was so great because it was like the natural look of Willem yeah. Dafoe. Yeah. As I, I think Goblin. my favorite piece of aesthetic was, um, when he went to feast, yes, that May, yeah. and he wasn't in Goblin outfit, yeah. but he was in like a stealing donuts, stealing donuts <laughs> in a so in a coat, and the and he, it was a purple yeah coat, it was a po- purple, purple coat. coat, and then yeah. like a green inside, yep. and I'm like, oh, those yeah. are like super reminiscent yeah, of beca- the comic book colors yeah, because um, and it's a hoodie. So yes. you don't even see him pull up the hoodie. See, so you fast forward through the movie. So he's got this somewhat pristine thing that he kind of got somewhere. Yeah, he exactly. Like he it found from it somebody. Some, yeah. yeah. And then it isn't until the the scene in uh, Happy's apartment when he's going to town on Parker and he's they're going through the freaking like flooring yeah. and they're battling it out that you start to see that's when it starts tattering and that's when it starts ripping apart yeah and that ultimately brings him to the look that he does At have the end in of the, the film yeah and oh. then finally in the in the uh the uh what do you call it the lobby <laughs> gobby in the lobby nice <laughs> <laughs> when he's on the glider and he's going after Aunt May, he finally has the hood up. And that, oh, yeah. And then yeah. he has that light. And he has that look that Oof. we see in Spider-Man 1 when he confronts himself as the goblin for the first time. Yeah. So it's kind of like that's the... I Like, of course, the, the, the Norman's on sabbatical, honey, is yeah. like iconic. But I do feel that... The first time we see him fully reemerge as Green Goblin is that moment when he's on the glider and he uh, turns around and yeah. he's got that look on his face. And he throws that pumpkin bomb. And that freaking pumpkin bomb. Oh, the minute that he turned that thing on, I was like, there was so much going on in my head because I was like, that's the first time that this Peter Parker is experiencing that. Yeah. And also, like, he intuitively knows because of his spider sense, spiders, Peter Tingle, that that is a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) And then the minute it leaves his hand, I was like, 
oh, this is where the movie's gonna get real dark. Real dark. I'll be completely yeah. honest. I did not expect an Aunt May death for some whatever reason. Yeah. Knowing like my Spider-Man lore, that obviously a Spider-Man yeah. death is very is incredibly inevitable. Yeah. Because that's his turning point. Yeah. As a character, as a Spider-Man and yeah. Peter Parker. Yeah. For some reason, I was not expecting Aunt May to die. Yeah. I don't right? know why. I have no idea why. But then when she did, but I didn't. Either. I was like. Yeah. Oh shoot! And the crazy—I think thing I teared is, up. I think I may have cried a little bit. Oh, I definitely bawled. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this is the crazy thing because, like, I remember, like, you know, like fans like us, like you and I, when I watched it the very, very first time, the moment she said, "With great power must also come great responsibility," which is which, comic accurate, by, by the way. way. Yeah, it's That's comic what I accurate. <laughs> I heard guys in the audience all go, "Oh shit." She said the words, and we all knew collectively, like a hive f- mind, that she's, she's dying. gonna die. She's gonna. She's, she's gonna dying. Die. And yeah, and then <laughs> and, and Peter can't do anything can't about do it. Anything about it. Yeah. And I remember, like in that moment, immediately thinking, "Oh my God, they're actually doing it, like the game." Because Aunt May dies in the game. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. In a different way, but yes. In a diff- very different but way. But like, emotionally, but it was it's, her. it's like, there. Yeah, and like, she's he's actually losing someone that in the books, for a very long time... It's always been Uncle Ben. It's always been a joke, too. Oh, really? That okay. Aunt May doesn't die. Oh, okay. Yeah, that she's always, like, always on the, the on doors, death's doorstep, but she never she quite always goes gets through. Out of it. She always it gets out always of it. It was always, like, because, like, me, it was Constantly. always, it was always Uncle Ben. Right. Like, that was, Right, like, right, you know, right. Yeah. But. Yeah. And so, for them to finally do it. Yeah. And at the hands of Goblin like that, that's why, and I, this is kind of why I, I did, I feel like, like I, I got ahead of myself and I wanted to reserve it for this episode is that I think that's why we're not going. That's another reason why I don't think we're going to see a Gwen Stacy because oh, this already, Peter has really yeah. lost everything. everything. He's legitimately, you everything. cannot, you cannot do this dude dirty anymore. Like, yeah. come on. He lost MJ. Sort of. Well, he, he lost. He best, lost MJ. He lost his best friend. He yeah. lost MJ. He, he lost his no wife. One, you know. No, well, not everyone, but yeah. you know, a good a good majority of people in that world yeah. do not know that right. he is Spider Man. All the personal relationships he had crafted, done. they're all gone. He's truly yeah. on his own. Yeah. For the and first time. Yeah. Peter in, Parker has nobody. Yeah. Peter Parker has absolutely nobody. Yeah. And so that's why I was just like, yeah, you know, like after after Goblin. And I think that's also something that, I mean, maybe if they do continue the trilogy uh, with a new trilogy, that 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 moment with Goblin is really going to stick with him. And that's even if we never see Norman Osborn again. Yeah. Maybe if we do see a Harry Osborn, that that could carry over. And maybe that pain will really like take a hold of him and like affect him. Yeah. But I think he's the damage is. Yeah, because he's there. the only one that has like that knows what happened. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he I, lived I, it. It was his life. I you mean, know? yeah. When like like that that uh, that apartment scene, that even just that whole fight scene. Right. I was like, this is this is incredibly visceral. Yeah. And like you really see just how that was like another testament to. Like how psychotic Goblin was. Mm-hmm. Like that one move they always replay it where um 
where, where where Spidey gets on top of um of Gobby and like punches him, yeah, and punches him, punches him, and then like on the third one, like he's Goblin smiling, he's yeah. like, oh, that's cute, yeah, and then he just body slams him through three floors, Dude. and I was like, and you can feel the force like Holland had while doing that. That whole fight, you can feel the it's force insane. of both. Yeah, it was like it was so oh, intense. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then leading up to like. Leading up to that final fight mm. where where Tom was not pulling any punches. Yeah, exactly. Like that last fight, you can just see it was like a culmination. So intense. And I loved it because like people are always like harping on Tom's like ferocity in yeah. these movies. Mm-hmm. And so to see him just go yeah. God mode and go just bat yeah. crazy. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. And I I think <laughs> yeah. And I it kind of makes me appreciate his growth as Spider-Man. Yeah. Because in the first film, like you see, you kind of get these flickers of that energy, right? Like yeah. in the first film, it's like when he's f- literally face down in the sand and he's bleeding and he's in his homemade suit and he's trying to get up. I feel that energy is then carried over. The synergy carries over to Far From Home when he's on the bridge with with Mysterio. Yeah. And then the whole switch up with the gun. Yeah. I feel that and then it kinda like it 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 enhances. It like it escalates, right? And then that same energy is then carried over to the goblin fight scene. It's a good progression. It's great. That, that, progression. that I feel like that I feel goes o- overlooked sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah. And I think that's why it's like I feel like some people aren't are completely misjudging holland and his performance because it's those little nuances in those particular scenes for me that i feel like really like pulled it together for me for him as spider-man yeah i agree that 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 peter tingle scene Mm -hmm. before uh, before mysterio against mysterio and then him reading where that gun was i was like that's a growth period that's that's a growth moment right there but yeah so that final fight it was just like a total culmination of just i think it's just it's peter becoming spider-man and then becoming an adult Having, yeah. having adult reactions and adult emotions yeah, now like i think so too he's never every anytime he's made a mistake mm-hmm. he's able to you know make up for it or get it back you know but yeah. ame is dead at this point yeah you can't take that back you can't yeah. bring her back like, yeah you know so yeah and Ugh. then and then which is great but I mean, then you have toby's peter come mm-hmm. in and kind of be like this is not what we do mm-hmm. like this you know mm-hmm. you're better than this type of thing you know and then that's just like total full so circle good. it's so you good. know it, it's, <laughs> it's people people said this online too like it's the fact that the two other spider-men are helping oh andrew garfield said this this is the two other spider-men helping tom in his journey yeah. as spider-man yeah, because exactly. they've gone through it already tenfold. It. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so now like oh we're we're his guidance yeah so that he doesn't make the mistakes like we we made right yeah 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 totally agree oh andy um so are you ready for a pop quiz i think it's the last one okay <laughs> okay Let's try it out so speaking of aesthetics and i i mentioned this earlier again the color theory yeah and, and then the importance of color in in not only comic books but in art in general so, aside the Green Goblin, can you name three, at least three other Marvel characters uh-huh. that wear green and purple? 
three Marvel characters? Yeah. Okay. Well, my first guess is <laughs> Hulk. Okay. Great job. <laughs> oh, green and purple. Yep. Okay. Oh, man. See, you get the first one and then you're like, oh, this is easy. And no, like, no, but like, wait. Because like, that's very obvious, but then there's probably like no, much more like obscure characters, yeah, maybe. There are, yeah. Like but for some reason, I wanted to say Captain Marvel because she did wear green. Okay. In the movies, at least. Yeah. But the Cree, so, the Cree outfit. Yeah. Yeah. But so we're talking, but we're talking about. Mar- but we're talking like straight up, that is their persona. In the. So, oh, oh, okay. So they are very much. Like Hulk. It's pretty much comic book It's always book a green. It's always purple. Purple it's always shorts, green. Yeah. whatever, yeah. Yeah. So you got one. I, I mean, I'll, honestly, I for a minute, I was like, you know, because I, I wrote down a couple and then I was like, uh, Can I ask uh, questions? Yeah, sure. Have these, the, are these last two characters, have they been on screen? Uh, So I listed one, two, three, four, five, six. I named seven. Okay. Of the seven... Only one has, has not on, has not has not been on screen. Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> but <laughs> this is based off of comic book. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I just wanted to get yeah, that yeah, 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 get yeah. that deduction <laughs> out the way. Because yeah. if it was like all comic book, I'd be like, ooh, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, purple and green. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're they're. Their it, character is purple. Like and green. you know how Iron Man is red and yellow, yeah. and Cap is red, white, and blue. Yeah. Who these, are, char- these characters are defined prominently by- green and purple. Wow, you would think this is easy. It's not, guys. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> right. There's right. a lot of pressure on hand. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough. Green one. and purple. Wow. Who is purple? That's my first thing. <laughs> purple. Yeah. Dude, this is gonna like. It's harder fr- than you thought. Yeah, right? it's gonna frustrate me just because it's like. I can never put something immediate, like a finger on something immediately. I will say, pretty much all of them, eh, give or take a couple. Yeah. All Spider Man affiliated. Wow. <laughs> wow. Put that in your smoking pipe. Oh, wait. Duh. What the <laughs> smoking pipe? Oh, my God. Okay. I'm annoyed that I didn't even go to this one after. Uh huh. Mysterio. Right? Yeah. Good job. There you go. See? See? Mysterio. You just don't like, you're like. Yeah, you got to put two and two together because then you're putting think them like, all. This, yeah. This guy had a freaking purple, purple cape and a green corny suit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mysterio and a big yeah. bubble bobblehead. Yeah. Um, disco ball. Yeah. We call it the disco ball. Freaking snow globe of a head. <laughs> okay. Wow. Ooh. So name 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 one more. I know. Give me one more. Wait. Okay. So Mysterio. Hulk. And they don't all have to be necessarily bad people because yeah. Hulk isn't necessarily a bad yeah, person. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of heroes too that are purple and stuff. Purple and green. Uh, oh, wow. Purple and green. Purple and green. <laughs> oh, God. Who are the heroes? Oh, villains. Oh, no, no. I, why am I blanking out so freaking hard? Do you want some hints? Sure. Two of them are reptiles. <laughs> A reptilian of some sort. Oh man. 
Oh wait, is is that? <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to remember like in the movie or and like or what panels I've seen. Is the lizard? Yes. Purple shorts? Yes. <laughs> and a white, a white lab, lab coat. coat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the other ones I listed. So Jeff named the Hulk, Mysterio, and the lizard. And among the other ones I listed entirely are Hulk, the Mandarin. The Mandarin's kind. Uh, okay. I would have never guessed yeah, the Mandarin. Yeah. It's depending on which period of the Mandarin yeah. we're talking here. Mandarin, Mysterio, Fing Fing Foom. He's a giant green oh, yes. dragon with yeah. purple shorts. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and Rocket makes fun of the purple shorts in the video game. Uh, what are your right. purple shorts at? Yeah. <laughs> um, the lizard, Kang the Conqueror. Yes. Mm-hmm. God. I- wow, okay. And then are you ready for my judgment face? Uh huh. Gwen Stacy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done, though. That was pretty good. That's, uh, that's a tough one because I mean, and and you know what I what I wanted to talk about very briefly. Um, if I, I found you know from a wonderful article called "Superhero Color Theory." So much like the physics of superheroes, there is a color theory book about. Um, what the representation of colors that are used for particular characters might have meaning of. And so, mm. you know, like you see these power colors in certain combinations over and over and over again when it comes to comic book and, and colorists that create them. And so um, from this, this um, paper, uh, it states, green and purple is frequently a sign of scientific hubris growing out of control. Purple symbolizes creativity, but in the comics, it can often be refined to creation of powerful science. Combine that with green's growth or nature, and you have a combination that suggests monstrous scientific geniuses. And that's really, yeah. It's yeah. like, ta-da! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well. It's very, and, and of those characters that I mentioned, I mean, with the exception of Gwen Stacy, who even in her way, she, was, smart, she was a scientific yeah. genius, yeah. So all of these characters, what they all have in common is that they're, there's genius and maniacal nature, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, all of these colors and and the way that they're depicted in comics is is very important, and you know it's worth looking into because it's all with reason. Um, and so from there we're gonna jump to affiliations, and and so this one I kind of I glossed over very quickly because there are other things that we need to talk about that are much more important as as far as the Green Goblin is concerned. But uh-huh. this is hardly the first time we've ever even mentioned Storm and Norman. Um. In, in our show. And so we've briefly touched on, on some affiliations um, in previous episodes, including, you know, like the Thunderbolts and the Dark mm. Avengers and, yeah. and, um, and the Goblin Army and, and the Sinister Six. And so, um, you know, those aside, how did you feel about um, his, his sort of coalition with the Sinister Five? <laughs> In no way home. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to say yeah. I want to say that that sinister five, six, or whatever. Right. It was like just one big Easter egg, you know. Yeah. Which is great. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Oh, man. I mean, that would be great to see, though, if, right? If you had to pick between Venom and Harry for the for the sixth, or even Mysterio, who would it be? If I had to pick between Venom, Harry, and Mysterio for the final? To complete oh, out a of six. That, out of yeah, that. yeah. Oh. Because, like, if you think about it, yeah, they, they pretty much covered every major villain in the Spider-Man films, period. Yeah. I want to say... I want to say Venom for some yeah. reason. Yeah. But Mysterio with that group would be also like... God, that would have been wild. Would have been wild because it's just crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Like Nor- like Norman and Mysterio would just be stupid. <laughs> like, it's two smart guys. Yeah. Like, like, like You think that maybe their ego would get in the way. Yeah. I mean, right? like, look, like freaking Mysterio worked with, with Tony Stark. And so it's like, yeah. he ha- he's like, he's on a mission to just... Yeah. You know, but yeah. Venom, because like, well, Venom is just iconic, you know, like. Venom, I think the symbiote would be trying to get to Parker the entire time. And then Eddie's just like, what, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Constantly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who I would pick out of all of them. I don't think it would be Harry because you don't need two goblins. But yeah, Venom and Mysterio would be interesting. Yeah, I think it would be like, yeah. It'd be crazy. But Venom, I think, yeah, would be insane as well. Yeah, especially seeing, yeah, yeah. at least Tom Holland fight with a symbiote. Yeah. Oh, can't wait. Hope, hopefully, hopefully, we get to see. Yeah. That. Hopefully. So we got a listener comment from Instagram. From Ooh. speaking of Captain Cheese. Oh yeah. <laughs> Woo. He asks, "Is Spider-Man Green Goblin's biggest threat?" Ooh, speaking of Venom and whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to Are we talking me, about, should we should we talk about it both cinematically and, and... Yeah, I mean... Is there, is there a, is there a concrete, like, like, list of, like, you know, or discussion of, like, what people or the creators or has Stan has said, like, mm-hmm. like, this is Spider-Man's greatest foe? Well... That's it's funny you said that because I actually wrote this down. <laughs> so Stanley himself has said, well, and I switched this around because I just felt it, it flowed better. But he, Stan said that while Dr. Octopus is Spider-Man's greatest enemy, Green Goblin is Peter Parker's greatest enemy. Ooh. And I was like, you know what? Ooh. That's interesting because, yeah, it's... Spider-Man can handle the Green Goblin. Yes. He can handle the Green Goblin. 100%. It's Peter Parker that can't. Yeah. And and I think Willem Dafoe even says it as Norman in the first film. What is it? What is the line? Like, first we'll get his... And Ooh. then we'll get his heart. Or yeah. what is he saying? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Right? Oh, oh it's Norman talking to himself. And he's right? talking to himself. He's like, first we'll get his or something. And yeah. Then, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, my first thought when I saw this question was that, no, Spider-Man isn't his biggest threat. I believe that for Norman Osborn or the Green Goblin, his ego is his biggest threat. Yeah. And he himself he himself is his biggest threat because he is battling against norman osborne as the green goblin internally and that is something we do see in no way home at least for a little for bit for a good amount yeah 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 you know um 
I feel like because he has two people living in his head at all times, he's constantly contending with himself. Yeah, to to answer yeah, to answer the question, I was like I was like, is he? Like I've always like heard like, oh like Venom is like his top worst enemy mm-hmm. also or Mysterio or mm-hmm. even even Doc Ock. For and, Peter. Huh? For Peter. Yeah. Okay. Or just in oh for Spider Man in general in general. Yeah, yeah. I guess. But just but I do on on that note of like yeah, um, Green Goblin is Peter's um, worst, right? Was what it was? What was it? Peter Parker's greatest enemy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's because of Goblin's um, physicality, but mm-hmm. also because he know, like we said, he's the only one to know mm-hmm. that Peter Parker is Spider Man, mm-hmm. and I think. Yeah, I would agree that Green Goblin, you know, is like top pretty yeah. up there because yeah, because psychologically yeah. he can mess him oh, up too. Oh, for sure. I mean, we see that in 100%. No Way Home. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he messes with his head all the time. Kill that man. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah. And he did it with a smile well, on his face. Yeah, Do right. You know how psychotic you gotta be yes. to be like, I'm gonna send this glider into her right now. Right. <laughs> and then I'm gonna throw a bomb on the yeah, boat. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a bomb. Like ah, like, maybe he dies, but she definitely will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then to laugh about He's it like, uh, as he goes yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Psychotic yeah. behavior. He, you love he, to see it. He killed the family dog. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. my gosh. Like, come on. Cemented. Yeah, cemented. Um, and he, and yeah, it's it's just one of those common things, you know. And it's kind of like we we talked about this before in that. You know, people have like their greatest arch nemesis, and and this is why we talk about things the way we do on this show. And and yeah, very much. I think it's it's just like you know, it's it's like things that go together. Unfortunately, they're they're destined to be at each other's throats it's for like, the rest it's of like their Batman lives. It's like Batman and Joker. It's exactly like yeah, Batman like, and Joker. I don't want to. I don't want to kill you. Yeah. Like you. <laughs> and well, yeah. that's the, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Is that bats never. He can kill the Joker. He just and never the Joker does. can kill the Batman. They never do because they you you complete me. <laughs> know we're gonna get a Heath Ledger here. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite yeah. but then, yeah same thing yeah, with, you no, know, it's very goblin true. and spidey yeah absolutely true um and i, I love that I, by the way i love that dynamic between a hero and a villain because it's yeah. like there's gonna be always endless stories with them yeah they're never gonna like it's never like oh like did the batman win did the joker win did mm. gobby win did spidey win and it's like no they're both losing because Right. They're compete at some point they're competing with each other. Right. Right. <laughs> Which right. is like demented in right. a way. Exactly. So um when it comes to love interests. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this guy's got nothing. <laughs> he's got nothing. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. If you wanna if you wanna listen to Gwen Stacy and what we talked about with her, um we oh, visit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I even wrote here on my notes. I forgot about yeah. that story. Oh my god. I, I wrote here in my notes, I said, discuss this in episode twenty-three. Revisit it there because the delivery and the reaction can can't possibly be replicated. It's so gross. So you need to it's you so need bad. to go back. If you did not listen to Gwen Stacy, listen to oh Gwen Stacy. God. 
You'll know what we're, we'll be talking about, but there is a Sin's Past storyline. Such a messed up storyline. It has been retconned, and it's just glorious. <laughs> um, but I did really very quickly want to mention that there was um, a short series that um, I meant to recommend on that episode. It was called Marvels, and it was done um, by uh, written by Kurt uh, Busiek. Oh, Bus- uh, okay. Um, and it was... art by legend um alex ross who's tremendous in in comic books in general um and essentially it's uh it's a short series i think it was six issues or something Mm -hmm. and i have one graded here of number two um with the green goblin and gwen stacy on the cover um and and it's basically the tragedy and the death of gwen stacy told through the eyes of a bystander um who's also a reporter yeah. named phil sheldon and um and so it's it's so interesting to see the storyline this the classic storyline that we're not going to talk about again because it's we did it so it was so dense and so exhausting <laughs> we've already done that we're, we don't need to revisit it but um like i just wanted to mention that Imagine being the bystander that's on the ground watching the fight on the bridge from afar. And so it essentially examines that whole thing and how superheroes and villains coincide um, in that series. It's really great. um, So be sure to pick that up. But but I I did want to touch on one, the one and only (laughs) true love interest that Norman Osborn has. And that is Emily Emma Lyman Osborn, who is... The never mentioned in the cinematic universe mother of Harry Osborne. Oh. Right. Yeah. Never hear about her. Never. Um, Only so in like the, the Spider-Man game you hear about yeah. Osborne's wife. Yeah, that's wife. true. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll be up front. There's only, she's only got two handfuls of appearances in the books at all. And, and even then it's, it, you know, it's very cameo-like. So the two were college sweethearts. Tale as old as time. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to say it the way, like, the, I'm just going to s- spill the truth here. She essentially faked her own death to get the fuck away from Osborne after realizing what a monster he was. Yeah, I don't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, this is too much. I am out. Goodbye, cruel world. And faked her own death. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. And so she's... Uh, Emma's got her own set of craziness in the books, um, much of which involves Harry, of course. Yeah. Um, and and there's even a portion of the lore where Harry he wants to get rid of what the name Osborne carries. Sure. And he eventually goes by Harry Lyman, which is his mother's um maiden name yeah um and this is after secret wars um he yeah he just wanted to cut ties with osborne he's reverted back to it now Mm. in modern comics because now he's like i can make it a better name and i can Uh, make it stand for good okay and bless his heart he's trying but it'll never (laughs) happen um and so this is again it's the rare occurrence where they never talk about a romantic interest for for Norman Osborn, and they, ne- this is the one instance where I feel like they never, at least in Willem Dafoe's case, never talked about her. Did they? He, I don't remember him saying your mother like 
no. nothing, right? No, very, no, never I really, really brought it don't. up. I don't. I don't. Maybe Harry did, but Norman himself doesn't no. mention I never, her. No, I don't, I don't remember. Nothing really yeah. sticks out to me. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Um, so as far as other versions go, again, I we didn't get into teams because, again, it's so dense, but I wanted to focus more on the important stuff. And so we're kind of going to just roll through these these last details. Um, so aside, Osbor- aside the Osbournes, there are no cinematic versions aside the one we see in Into the Spider-Verse, which is, if you, rec- oh, if you remember, yeah. that hulking, gigantic monster version of Osborne uh-huh. that even Pete says in the movie, or is it Pete? Or yeah, I think it's Pete, and he's like, "Oh, hey there, Norman. You're looking like he like makes a joke about yeah, it. Super. So it's like very open that he is the Green Goblin, and he is like maniacal and a madman in that film. Um, and that version of the Goblin is heavily based off of the Ultimate Spider-Man, um, Osborn Goblin, um, who again like you know took took the formula and it like transformed, mutated his face, yeah. and he became mutated. Um, and so, you know, I, I briefly mentioned Goblin Nation just a, a couple of minutes ago, but so the Goblin Nation is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine, if you will, New York riddled with goblins. It's like a Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> you know it probably is. <laughs> um, and so this essentially was an opportunistic moment in time Um during the displacement of Parker. So this is the the era in which Doc Ock took over Parker's body. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so Osborne was like, oh, Peter Parker's dead. I'm going to create an army and take over the New York. (laughs) You know, and he tries to do the whole thing and um, it didn't work out. Surprise, surprise. Of course. And so so, um, here on out, we're just going to, again, there are tons and tons and tons of goblins. And so we're just going to note a few of the, we're just going to talk about a, f- a few of the notables here. So there's Goblin King, who is Phil Urich, the nephew of Ben Urich, the, the journalist from The Bugle. Oh. Um, he's been in a couple movies. I think Sam Raimi played okay. uh, uh, Ted Raimi played him maybe in the first film. Oh. Oh, no, no. That movie's the other guy. Um, he originally emerged as the fifth Green Goblin. Fifth. Mind you, but he was the first heroic Green Goblin Um. um, that actually teamed up with street level heroes um, until the formula took over and broke him and he became chaotic and psychotic again. Um, (laughs) The Hobgoblin, who we mentioned at the top of the show, Mm -hmm. who was a.k.a. Ned Leeds. Um, Originally Parker's friend at the Bugle, uh, husband and reporter. Husband of reporter Betty Brant, portrayed by Angry Rice, and then Ned Leeds, of course, portrayed yeah. by Jacob Batalon. Um, he was basically brainwashed while in pursuit of the true hobgoblin, taken down by the hobgoblin, um, Roderick Kingsley, mm. um, who we haven't seen or heard of yet either. Yeah. The Grey Goblin, who is Gabriel Stacy. So this is the kid that I forgot whose first name was one of the twins that Gwen Stacy didn't actually birth. <laughs> so Gabriel, um, he was from the Sins Past storyline, and he sought to take. He wanted to take after his father, um, but his own sister Sarah took him down instead. And then there's the simply the Goblin. Nice. Who 
if you can believe it, is an alternate universe Peter Parker. Oh, wow. And so this is the Peter Parker who truly stopped pulling his, his punches. Oh, okay. So this is after the Gwen, after the death of Gwen, Parker then assumes Osborne's identity. Oh, jeez. And then um, becomes the Goblin. And he that's it. That, that becomes his persona. Oh, and wow. That's it, dark. It, it's very dark. And then it isn't until much later that, and this is during the, the whole Inheritor storyline where, I think I mentioned this to you before, uh, Morlin and, and the, the spider, um, they're like spider vampires. They, they feast on spiders of all um, universes. Oh so they quite literally like drain their energy and eat them. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he, act, this goblin actually ended up sacrificing himself after he discovered that the spider woman who assisted him in doing so was Gwen Stacy, who Oof. is Earth 65 Spider Gwen. <laughs> um, and then some other notable goblins, uh, the two-faced gob- the two-faced goblin, okay? I'm going to say that again. Two-faced goblin of the DC versus Marvel miniseries. Uh-huh. Um, aptly named Harvey Osborn. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he looks exactly how you might imagine him. Um, there's Proto Goblin, a.k.a. Nels Van Adder. There's Menace, a.k.a. Lily Hollister, one of Harry's fiancés. See, it runs in the family. Jesus. <laughs> Monster, a.k.a. Carly Cooper, who is one of Peter's girlfriends. Um, she's like blonde and she's got glasses and she's, she's yeah, she was interesting. Um, and then, sadly... <laughs> Green Goblin, aka Normie Osborne. So, inevitably, in another universe, an adversary to Spider Girl, who mm-hmm. is Peter Parker's daughter in that universe, uh-huh. Normie Osborne becomes the Green Goblin, and it's okay. same okay. old song. <laughs> <laughs> Here we um, go again. Yeah. So it's just on and on and on and on again, like you said, like Batman and Joker, Spider Man and Green Goblin, just endless. It's made endless. for each other, yeah. Made for each other, never parting, BFFs for life. Love that. And in death. And so here's our favorite part, Jeff. Almost was. I'm curious now. Yeah, do you know any? No, for 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 Willem's version, no. Yeah, dude. Okay. I don't. So let's let's look at this real quick. And I do remember this first bit. So Billy Cudrup was initially cast to play Norman Osborn over Willem Dafoe. Uh-huh. But he had to drop out because he was, I think he was doing, oh, what was that movie? Oh my gosh. Um, shoot, what's that movie with Kate Hudson? Oh my God. How, no, not, not, oh, not How to Lose a Guy. That's Matthew McConaughey. No, 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 no. no. Um, <laughs> some rom-com a romantic movie. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, almost Famous. Almost Famous. Yes. Bill, yes, right. So Billy Cudrup was, he, he had to choose between the two and he ended up taking Almost Famous, which I can't blame him for. Yeah. Um, but he also felt that he was too young to portray James Franco's dad, uh, which makes okay. total sense. He's only 10 years older than him in real life. So it kind of, uh, okay. yeah, I kind of figured that was fine. But some of the other uh, men who tested for... <laughs> For Norman Osborn, include, but are not limited to. This is so wild, dude. <laughs> Mind you, this is 2001. Right? 2001. So yeah. we're thinking maybe they're prepping for the film around late 1999. Yeah, yeah, 99, 2000. Going into 2000. Yeah. Turn of the century. Britney Spears and NSYNC are taking over the world. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, John Travolta. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oof. 
Mel Gibson. Okay. Okay. John Malkovich. Huh. Who was supposed to portray Vulture in Raimi's Spider-Man 4. He, that I can see. He was cast. Uh, like Because they were in preparatory mode for Spider-Man 4. Yeah. So he was cast as the Vulture. But first he was cast, he, was, he, he auditioned for Norman Osborn. Okay. And so Raimi was like, okay, come on back. I think I have a role for you. Yeah. Crazy. I see that. Right? I see that. Edward Norton. Who later became the Hulk? Yeah, in the Incredible Hulk that Jeffrey refuses to believe is MCU canon. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and our favorite, Nicolas Cage, Johnny of Blaze, Jesus Christ, Ghost Rider. That's like, it's, like, it's like the names of that right? of that year, that era, like that era. Right? Like, geez, oh yeah. Man. But now Willem Dafoe got it, got in shape God. for it. Oh man. Yeah. Thank so God. So good. Kills it. Can't, Iconic. Truly can't imagine Slay. That's <laughs> and what I, he did. He slayed. Uh, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> 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 oh, get out. <laughs> well, I mean, technically he slayed oh, himself. And he slayed himself. And Aunt May. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh, too soon. Uh. <laughs> um. Uh, so some suggested reading. I mean, where do you even start with this guy? So like I, I mentioned for me at the top of the show, the original Amazing Spider-Man run from Stanley, Steve Ditko, John Romita Jr. and Jerry Conway. And those are compilations. Any any issues from Amazing Spider-Man 73 and older? Go for it. Nice. Um, the Osborne Journals, 1996 from Glenn Greenberg and Kyle Hotz. Um, Dark Rain, 2008. From Brian Man- Michael Bendis and various artists. That's the that's when the uh, the Thunderbolts and the Dark Avengers mm. thing kind of takes over too, um, and then of course Siege, which is from 2010. From again from Bri- Brian Michael Bendis and my favorite Olivier Coipel. <sighs> if you can believe it, that is finally the end of the show. <laughs> Whoa, that's a lot that's for a, a lot. guy that's only been on screen <laughs> for a character for that's it's only true. been on screen. Three times. Do you want to guess how how long? Should I look it like, up? Like TRT wise. Yeah, total. Okay, so we have Spider Man one. Yeah. We have Amazing Spider Man two. Mm-hmm. And we have Spider Man No Way Home. Oh my gosh. It's less than ooh, because he was in a lot of screen time on Spider Man one. So. Hmm. Is there an immediate? No. No. There's it's not. less than. I want to say of total screen time, yeah. I think it's like less than 15 minutes. I think that's a fair enough guesstimation. Yeah, but I mean, not to, you know, spit on, you know, ASM's <laughs> um, goblin, but mm-hmm. Willem, like it shows to go like Willem Dafoe's take of Green Goblin just mm-hmm. made such an impact on, on audiences yeah. and scared us. I into mean, oblivion. Just look <laughs> at him, right? Like, oh my gosh, he's just. And I remember very distinctly, you know, when Willem Dafoe got the role, um, or even seeing it in the theater, and and somebody like remarking, like, 
yeah, dude looks like a goblin. He's perfectly cast. Yeah. And it's like, actually, yeah. But it's not in, it's not said to like demean him in any way, but it's like he truly was kind of made for that role yeah. just because he, he mean, could control two personas very convincingly. Yeah. Um, which, which is, is scary. Scary as all hell. Yeah. And I think that's why he, it's so great that he embraced it coming back and he really did double down in, in, in doing the physicality and the stunt work for him yeah, himself for no way home. For no way home. Yeah. It's just oh, yeah. It's so great. Um, and, I think we, yeah, we brought, we brought this up. I forget in which um, episode, maybe it was just like, we were just like talking, but um, so like, like, like Diane and I have said before, we went to this early screening event for the second trailer of Spider-Man no way home. That's where, where Tom Holland um, surprised the audience and came out to speak and everything. And Tom brought up um, a scene of, of um, that he has with Goblin and one of the scenes with Goblin. And he said it was very, very incredibly emotional and visceral. Right. And the, we didn't know as an audience, we didn't know at the time what he meant. Yeah, we were yeah, like, no idea. Okay. And then we watched the movie and it's the final fight scene you see with him and and Goblin, and you're like, yeah, yeah okay, I I, <laughs> I get it. Like that's oh, the yeah. fight, and like and Willem Dafoe did you know did 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 his, most of his like fighting also with so Tom crazy. as well, mm-hmm. and then like the emotional gravity of that fight, what it entailed, and you know just held. Yeah, um, it was like okay, yeah, and then you just see Willem like. Dude. Like, what was that line that he said? Like, oh, I forget, but it was just like an emotionally exhausting like fight. Yeah, and it's like okay, I get it, but that that, that that's not only Tom's performance, but it's also just Willem's portrayal of Green Goblin. Yeah. So it's like, and he yeah. for sixty six years old. Wow! To do that physicality, killing it, crazy, so great. So yeah, yeah. that's why I was like, we need to do Goblin. (laughs) It was after we saw No No Way Home, we were like, like, we got that Goblin. (laughs) Like we, he deserves it. He upped his performance from the first Spider-Man Raimi film, and that was already hard to do. Definitely agreed. Man. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> I'm also kind of sad that we've covered him now. <laughs> 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 but that's fine, because I'm sure he'll come up in many a conversation hereafter. Oh, 100%. Oh, he's yeah. made a lasting impact on yeah. just in general. In general, not only cinematically, but also in the comic books. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the show. Ooh. Thanks for listening. Wow. <laughs> How you feeling, Jeff? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Should we do more double episodes? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh man, concert Gosh. and uh, comic book convention season is I a know. coming. Full effect. We might have to do like a couple of these a week. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, yeah. if we can't double love, it's just like yeah, like yeah, we'll have to record like <laughs> different days, yeah. different days. We got this. We got this, bro. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thank you for sticking in there with us. Oh, yeah. Um, our next episode, we're going to venture off into a new distant land of character oh, study. Yes. With the incomparable forthcoming Moon Knight. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. And it debuts on March 31st. 30th, March 30th. 30th? 30th. 
March 30th. 30th, I think. Yeah, March 30th. Yeah, so that's coming up real quick. Yeah, and then so... Yeah, so be sure to watch that. I think we're covering him just after the first, first episode. episode. Yeah, so... Yeah, first, first, first episode, episode or, or two, maybe yeah. two, but yeah. definitely first episode for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. So so hang tight for that. And uh, I'm sure we have a lot of questions that are going to erupt. Um, we're kind of taking it like we did the Loki you know, episode that we of our character study in that we recorded Loki kind of like in the near middle, almost, almost halfway yeah. point of the show. Yeah. And so with Moon Knight, we're, we decided to go ahead and do it right after the premiere and kind of get some fresh thoughts. And yeah, yeah. and again, like, you know, really dive into the, the surface level of this new sort of hero that the MCU is introducing um, on Disney Plus. So that's going to be great. Yeah. Exciting. Super duper exciting. And so, uh, we are Groot salute to Nats, Ariel, Laura, Tyler, Ed, Ashley, Melanie, Jenny, the Arachnerd, Katie, Andrew, Claire, Robin, and Joe Liz. Woo! Woo! And follow us on social at S-T-R-K-C-N-T-R-S-T. And if you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. Woo! Once again, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. See ya. Bye. Bye. She was there because of you. I may have struck the blow, but you, <laughs> you are the one that killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>